0: Hey there, Word Wranglers and Paragraph Pioneers. Welcome to the very first episode of The Right Shift. I'm your host, Tim King, here to guide you through the treacherous shark-infested waters of freelance copywriting. So whether you're a newbie, still marvelling at the size of your first project, or a veteran who has faced the horrors of a typo in a published piece, this is the place for you. Together we'll explore the highs, lows, and everything in between of the exhilarating caffeine-fueled journey that is freelance copywriting. So buckle up, grab your favourite cup of liquid inspiration, and get ready to dive into another story from the wild, wonderful world of freelance copywriting. Welcome to The Right Shift. All right, folks, buckle up today because we're diving into the wild world of digital marketing with a man who's been there, done that, and lived to tell the tale. Our guest today is Luke Kelly, a digital marketing maestro who's been navigating the online jungle since 2008. Starting his journey as a full-time artist, Luke quickly realized the potential of the digital realm and took the plunge. And yet, despite facing fears of failure and imposter syndrome, he's persevered, learning the ropes of digital marketing and launching his own online courses. And by the way, he's still actually a uh, top seller on Udemy. Talk about a success story, though, because Luke's story doesn't just stop there. Eventually, he transitions into running his own copywriting business and now works for a boutique agency in Australia while creating content for his blog, YouTube, and TikTok channels. Luke's story is a testament to the power of resilience and in the importance of balance and the endless possibilities of the digital world. Luke Kelly, welcome to The Right Shift. Thank you, Timothy. What a what an intro. <laughs> that was amazing, <laughs> mate.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Oh,
0: good. I'm glad, I'm glad you like
1: that. It's a real pleasure to be here today, mate. Um, we've obviously known each other for a long time and uh, found a bit of common ground in copywriting and digital marketing. And uh, yeah, it's just, I'm really happy to be here. Um and looking forward
0: to today's show. Yeah, fantastic. So tell me, Luke, uh, how did you fall into the world of copywriting? Like, what what was it that, that was the attraction?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny, Tim. Um, it's funny you talk about my my kind of blog there. Um, many many years ago, I probably like a lot of people was looking for a bit of a side hustle, a bit of a side gig. Um, at that time, I was. This is going back a long time, so the memory is not great, but uh, I was fresh out of uni and uh, really wanted to make a good go of like being an artist. And um, if you're not familiar, it, that can be a pretty tough gig, um, you know, trying to sell artwork and do all that type of thing. So I kind of I went into the space knowing that if I could take my skills as an artist and put that into the online world, hopefully I could marry the two together and it would somehow, you know, help me build an audience and sell things and stuff like that. And um, I kind of went down a lot of rabbit holes really. And eventually what ended up happening was I got into selling t-shirts on Teespring and a couple other platforms, Amazon, Etsy, that type of thing. And basically with that, with that sort of space uh, at the time, this is, going back nearly 10 years ago. At the time, um, Facebook ads were fairly new. So everybody was kind of pushing t-shirts and trying to sell them on Facebook ads. And I'd never run any kind of digital marketing at all in my life. But I took a couple of short courses to learn Facebook ads. And um, at that stage, what most people were doing were trying to get likes and engagement on an ad. So they'd build an ad, they'd be like, hey, you know, hit the like button if you like this design. And with that would come kind of like this viral uh, post where people would see the T-shirt and they'd be like, oh, that's cool. And they'd click it and engage with it. And eventually they'd end up buying it. And that was kind of like my first introduction into copywriting really because uh, if if you could write a good ad and you'd get, more engagement you'd get more sales off the back of that so um, yeah that that's going back a long time but that's kind of how I kicked off with copywriting in general so um, and that that kind of led me down a lot of different avenues over the course of nearly 10 years but um, even today I still write a lot of Facebook ads it's a big part of what I do day to day and um, yeah it's, it's changed a lot like Facebook ads and and Copywriting in general has changed a lot, Um, but yeah, that's kind of led me to now. (laughs) It's a long, long, long journey, but we got here.
0: Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Oh, it sounds like you've had like obviously quite a long past there of just you know trying out different methods of of not just you know business and and, and earning money and things online, but also you know just different different types of styles and techniques and things. You've got obviously you've got some Facebook ads there talking about copywriting, particularly, Um, and then you know some of the stuff you're doing with Teespring and things. so taking all of that into account, what was it about freelancing? Like what, what possessed you to dive into that mad world?
1: Well, uh, it is a bit of a mad world. You're right. <laughs> but, um, I think, it, well, a lot of things happen like COVID happened. And at that time, um, I was actually working for a large bank here in Australia and running a lot of their digital marketing. And I actually really liked that role. Like, um, There was a lot of really good things about it. Banking in general is quite hard to do copywriting for because it can be quite sort of stiff and a little bit boring and stuff like that. But um, uh, when COVID happened, um, my entire team got redundancy, unfortunately. So uh, I said to my wife, you know, I had a little bit of extra cash come through because of that and I said, I think I'm just going to try and freelance for a couple of years and um, just see where it takes me. And uh, I went through a lot of kind of different roles while freelancing. Um, I had, at one stage, I kind of had like multiple small clients that I was managing, writing different copy and ads and stuff like that. And then one of those turned into uh, like a full-time thing and I was just doing that full-time with them for a long time, for probably about six months. Um, and then I decided to leave there. And I can talk about this in more detail, but I left there and um, I did a like a, a high ticket copywriting course actually, and I paid over five thousand dollars to do that course, which is a lot of money. And it kind of I, I wasn't really sure where it was going to lead, but um, they obviously liked what I was doing, and they asked me to come and join their team, and that was a really massive eye opener because I kind of seen what a fully-fledged copywriting agency looks like. And uh, once I joined that team, I was working on a lot of different stuff, um, working on very complex sales funnels, um, which had a lot of copy. Like I was writing the entire um, like landing page copy, multiple upsells, Facebook ads, Google ads, YouTube scripts, um, heaps of different things. So, yeah, basically I kind of went into it not knowing what to expect as a freelancer and um, found some clients I really liked working with, you know, clients come and go. That's just kind of part of the the whole industry. And then, um, yeah, ended up working full time with a copywriting agency who specialized in sales and marketing funnels. And uh, that was a really fun gig. I really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, right. So like obviously not just, taking that sort of point of adversity and then going and sort of, you know, trying to get back into a, to the, the working world, but then understanding that it's, this is something you really love to do. And, you know, obviously taking the, the pathways you can to be able to get and, and build your skills up as well as also now, you know, landing in a, a copywriting agency, which is, which is an amazing thing. Um, so roughly how many years then have you been uh, copywriting now for?
1: Well, uh, if you kind of include, the initial stages where I was trying to sell t-shirts and stuff. It's over 10 years that I've been doing copy. Um, And the thing is, it's like, I don't, I don't call myself a copywriter per se. Like I think digital marketing is probably a better term because um, copy is a part of what I do. It's not entirely what I do. Like I'm often managing like complex um, digital ads and strategy and stuff like that and, you know, big budgets and, um, helping people build campaigns and top of funnel strategies and stuff like that. But copywriting comes into that every, every part of that strategy. So it's kind of like when you decide you're going to be a copywriter, you kind of have to learn these things as you go. Like you're learning how paid ads work, you're learning how direct marketing works. And, um, it's a really great skill set to have. Like Any digital agency, if you're looking for like a job or something like that, any digital agency that you go to and you say, oh, look, you know, I've managed six Facebook campaigns and I'm writing email copy and I'm doing this and doing that. That's a really great skill set. It's a really good asset to have.
0: But obviously, copywriting has gone into you know it it, it facets into absolutely everything you do um, through your work day. What about when you were learning copywriting? Were there any like what what were the major moments where you went like, aha, you know I think i've I've got this. I understand this a bit better i i I know what that's like. Have you got any, anything about that that you can talk to me about?
1: Yeah, absolutely. um when I was learning copy i I was just like really excited about it. I was just like, man, this is so powerful, like um. I, st- I actually read a couple of books about copywriting um, and I think probably the guy that I really admired the most and learned so much from is John Carlton um, and he, he had a lot of different sales letters and stuff like that but I specifically remember reading, uh, he's got one about the one-legged golfer and I don't know if you've ever read that one team, do, do you know the one I'm talking about? No, maybe I'll send no, you the link go. for it. Okay, <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. Um, and I remember reading this like sales letter and just thinking to myself, like, I, I'm not interested in golf, but I want to buy this thing, <laughs> whatever it is. Like he convinced me in written form that like you know, this golfing product like was just so amazing and like it just like really stirred up a lot of excitement. So um I brought some of John's stuff and I learned kind of from you know those old school direct marketers that um, have been around for a long time and have made really like a really good name for themselves, writing these long form sales copy letters. And, um, and then I kind of transitioned more across to copywriters that are in the digital space. So, um, you know, people like Mike Sharif who has worked uh, with copywriters from like click and stuff like that. Um, so I guess for me, really, I, I never like had a passion for writing per se. Like I never thought I'm going to be a writer, you know, when I get older, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a writer. It just kind of fell into place because I really liked digital marketing. And I knew that if I wanted to be a really good marketer, I had to learn how to write good sales copy because the better you can write, the more you're going to sell the product or, you know, the more inclined people are going to be to, be excited about whatever product you're marketing so um, it, it's funny like I work with a lot of like very well-known influencers um, in different spaces uh, when I was writing for this full-time copywriting agency and what's funny is they, they these people were like super popular like in their industry and in their vertical but they had no idea how to write copy and like you know you'd say oh cool can I just get you to write like a short thing about this particular product and they'd send you back something. You're just like, like, no, 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 (laughs) you're not getting it. Like we gotta, we gotta try and um, massage this and, and try and like get people um, enthralled with this particular thing that you've got, that's going to help them and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I guess like I kind of like grew a passion and a love for copy because I was learning from all these people who had been around for so long and like they just had, so, so much talent in, in the writing space. And I was just like, man, if I can learn from these guys, I can become a really good copywriter. And like, you know, on my desk here, I've literally got a box like this just full of books and like sales letters and like really cool ads and stuff that I've kept over the years because once you kind of find people that you like and you like their writing style, when you read through these letters and stuff, you kind of see the different hooks and strategies and stuff they use and yeah I think that sort of comes out in your own writing um, as you progress as a copywriter.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, Time to uh, really rip the covers off this one. Tell me about the biggest nightmare you've ever had. obviously you know don't don't put any names or any any things in there if you can. <laughs> um, but what's what's the biggest nightmare you've ever faced in your copywriting career or your, your marketing career? Um, and did you manage to turn that around? like is, is that something you you could salvage?
1: Yeah, great question, Tim. Um, I was actually thinking about this before we jumped on the podcast. And uh, when I was in that freelancing space, um, a role came up as a full-time digital strategist for this company in Australia. Um, But they also had team across the world. So they worked in the US. They also had like Filipinos and stuff like that. And basically what they were looking for is someone to write copy someone to manage their email lists and write emails, uh, someone to create and run digital Facebook ads. And I was like, yeah, cool. I can do all this. You know, this is right, right up my alley. And I joined the team and the team was awesome. And the person that ran the business um, is very well known in, in their space and, um, is a very knowledgeable person, very nice person. But what had happened is I came into this role and they told me what they wanted me to do. And I'm like, yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's fine. I can, I can do that. No worries. And then they just kind of just just dropped it on me. <laughs> so it's just like, all right, here's this piece of software. You've got to learn the software and you've got to build the products and you've got to write the copy and you've got to run the ads and do all these things. And if you're not familiar with a, a product and somebody just kind of drops it on your lap, you kind of need feedback. You you need to know that you're on the right track and that you're doing things the way they do it and they're happy with the tone of the copy and it kind of matches their brand. Like because you you know, you can write it how you think's a great idea, but if it doesn't match up with their kind of ethos and their brand strategy and stuff like that, you might as well just stop and just you know check in and say hey is this on target and we're going the right way here anyway um i started building this really complex funnel with this um new piece of software and um it was just so complicated there was just because there was essentially like six to eight outcomes that you could take through this questionnaire funnel so say for example tim you were you were going to take this questionnaire you might answer you know, six questions and then it would recommend a product off the back of that. Yeah, right. Anyway, so it was complex and every, like every couple of days, I'd try and check in with the owner of the business. I'm like, hey, you know, just are we on the right way here? And that person would come back with like two words, like, yeah, okay, or looks good, or like just like no you know what I'm saying here. Like they just, (laughs) there's no communication and
0: like, sounds almost like that. Uh, the, the phrase you get from copywriting clients sometimes. Oh yeah, that's good. I'll, I'll know what I like when I see it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of like guessing and just trying to literally fumble my way through it all. And eventually I just, I just thought, you know what, this is just ridiculous. I'm, I'm spending, so much time trying to get this product right and I don't even know if it's on track and like there's just no communication and and I ended up speaking to this person's like um, head of operations and I just said I think I'm just done. Like, you know, like I, I can't go three or four days without any feedback um, and guidance around what I'm trying to do here and this complex funnel that's going to be client-facing and it's – you know, it's your reputation on the line as well. So unfortunately I I couldn't really salvage it. I kind of just knew that it was time to jump ship, (laughs) which I don't like to do in general, but sometimes you just know, you're just like, you know, if I keep doing this, I'm just going to burn out. I'm I'm just wasting a lot of mental energy. Um, And I just, yeah, I just decided that unfortunately it was just time for me to move on. And that's what happened.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, and I'm sure there's plenty of people who are out there who get kind of almost railroaded and stuck in roles where they wish they could do that, or they've got you know life and family circumstances where they can't, uh, they can't move because they've they've kind of got themselves in that position. So look, you know, all power to you to be able to get out of that space because because it, it, it's a it's a huge thing um, to be able to actually go off and do that kind of stuff. All right, we'll be back with Luke in just a moment, but right now, maybe take a listen to this. Well, my word-wielding comrades, we all know that one of the trickiest parts of freelance copywriting isn't drafting a killer headline or crafting compelling content. It's figuring out how much to price our work, right? Are we charging too little? Too much? Who knows? Just imagine that you had a crystal ball that could reveal what your fellow copywriters around the globe are charging. Well, my friends, get ready to peek into that crystal ball thanks to our sponsor this week, copywritingrates.com. Copywritingrates.com is spearheading a global freelancer rates survey with the noble goal of demystifying the often confusing world of copywriting pricing. By compiling data on global copywriting pricing, they aim to arm us all with valuable information about our position in the market. So whether you're that fledgling freelancer questioning every quote you give, or the seasoned pro wondering if you could be earning more, this survey is your golden ticket to a treasure trove of insights. And the best part? By participating, you'll receive a free copy of the final report. Yes, you. Have heard me right insight into the global pricing trends of our industry completely free if you participate in the survey so join the ranks of freelance copywriters around the globe who are stepping up to gain clarity and confidence in their pricing strategies after all knowledge is power and this my friends is the ultimate power up for your freelance journey head over to copywritingrates.com and make your voice heard All right, so you've told me about a nightmare. What about like your, your like juiciest uh, success story? Like what's just something you just absolutely knocked out of the park?
1: Um, this was actually harder to, <laughs> to nail down because um, I've worked on a lot of different things over the years, but there was one, one project uh, where I worked with this overseas client uh, and she was kind of like um, in... What, what what would you call it? Like empowering women, I think is kind of the right, right way to kind of explain it. And she had a very big following online, um, like a large, like social media presence and stuff like that. And she was very well known. And uh, basically what, what happened was she came to the agency I was working for at the time. And what we had to do for her was to create a, a book funnel. So what would happen is we help her craft a short book and, um, you know, we we push that book out through digital marketing and people would pay a small fee for that book and then she would essentially explain what she does uh, as a, you know, like as a business owner. And then off the back of that there would be like a funnel with upsells and stuff like that. So um, very, very successful person, very smart person. Um, but when we started working on developing the book, she just fell to pieces. <laughs> she just had no idea. She just felt very overwhelmed. There was multiple calls where she was in tears and she just felt very lost. And, um, I essentially just kind of took over and I just thought, I'm like, all right, well, I'll help you write this book. And, oh, wow. and that's, that's really what happened. I, build an outline for her Um, I was writing a lot of the copy for the book and she was just kind of like the editor type of thing and um, yeah I kind of had to weave in all the different products and like different things that she could help people with and we kind of put it together pretty quick it took about a month to put it all together and it was only a very short book I think it was about I don't know 150 200 pages something like that um and then yeah we launched it and yeah she started getting sales and people coming through her funnel so um yeah it was it was pretty good success story very much out of my wheelhouse that's like that industry and that vertical is not something i've ever really had any experience with but um yeah i was pretty happy with the outcome
0: yeah right can you share any sort of just like not maybe the exact numbers, but something sort of like, just like what sort of order of magnitude that that went on to sell or?
1: Yeah. Um, I can't tell you the exact numbers, Tim, but I think at one stage she was doing at least a hundred books a day from memory. Um, and that's, that's a digital book by the way, like a, you know, like an ebook. So the cost to, to deliver that obviously is extremely cheap because it's kind of just like a download. Um, And yeah, we kind of, the idea is we would run her funnel and, you know, to sell the book might cost you a few dollars as a Facebook ad, but um, once people would go through that funnel, she'd be profitable on the back end. So there was a lot of numbers and figures that we'd have to manage and get right. But um, yeah, I think, I I can't remember, I was going back a few years now, but from memory, I think it was about a hundred ish books a day.
0: Yeah, wow. That's that's a, even for a digital book. That's still a huge volume. I think uh, I'm not quite sure what the rates are for like a, a, a New York bestseller, but it, I'm not I'm not sure if it hits that exact sort of rate. But you know, for a digital book, that's that's doing amazing work though.
1: Mm, yeah, that's right. Um, funnily enough, Tim, that actually was one of the smaller funnels. There were other funnels that were doing three or four hundred books a day, um, which is pretty wow. crazy. Yeah. That is, that so, is huge. All right.
0: So, so you, you said that she had a bit of a struggle uh, trying to, you know, translate her knowledge and worth and value into a book. So, I suppose this leads into my next question, which is: so, what, what, what is, or what, maybe even for that particular project, what is your your go-to technique to to quickly kind of understand a product or service that you need to write about?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, I think it's really about immersing yourself in it. So, like I kind of said, I, I knew nothing about like what she did um, as a, like an influencer. And um, I really had to consume a lot of her content and like read a lot of her emails, go to her website, look at her products. Um, And I think when you're taking on a new copy project, unless you're really, really familiar with the the vertical and the space you're going to write copy for, just spend a couple of days and just, take in as much knowledge as you can, um, you, you get better at it. I think like, I don't know about you, Tim, but I find I get to the stage where I can kind of like skim through content and like skim through a blog article and get a really good feel of like their tone of voice and what they stand for and, you know, who their ideal audience is and stuff like that. Um, and again, this sort of ties back into the marketing stuff because copywriting there is a lot of like work that happens before the even words hit the page. You, you really have to understand who you're writing to and that's kind of that marketing first approach where it's like, okay, we're not going to just create a product. We're going to find out what our audience really cares about and what they need help with and then we're going to create a product. So, um, yeah, I, I really had to, I, t- I spoke to her a couple of times on Zoom um, and we just like, wrote down ideas and did brainstorming and you know I'm like okay well what if what content have you got so I was watching a lot of her YouTube content um, she had a fairly small blog but it was quite good so I spent time reading that and um, just really getting to know who she was and how I could help her the best
0: yeah for sure I mean I think that's where it comes down to like that's that that innate Personable skill that I think uh, most of the copywriters that I've met in my past, um, and you know, obviously myself as well, um, we all generate this kind of, you know, really comfortable, clean way to be able to work with our clients, to be able to get into that that headspace, um, mm. understand the, the tone of voice and the brand, and and try and, I suppose, not just emulate that, but they even build upon that to be able to get them to to perform better in the market, or you know, just even just to to sound better on their own media that they're putting out in their homepage, their their sales pages, those kind of things. Mm. Right, so let's take a slightly tangent aside. There, I know you're a pretty busy guy, and you've got uh, a lot of stuff going on in your life. Typically, how do you balance uh, the whole home life, work life kind of thing? Because I think you you work from home, so it's something that um, obviously you know there's a there's a whole whirlwind of things going on around you at all times.
1: Yeah, it's a challenge. It really is. Um, I don't have a, a perfect answer for that question, but. I think I I've worked in in roles as a copywriter and a marketer where I was doing sixty hours a week, like big weeks, a lot of time spent in front of the computer. Um and burnout is a real thing. Like like you they talk about writer's block. I actually think there's another kind of block where it's like your brain just can't consume anymore and just can't output anymore. So You're for sure. Um finding balance is something I think I've always kind of struggled with. I think right now I'm probably the best I've been ever because I'm only like my day is I I take my son to school and then I work till three o'clock and I go and pick him up and I don't work after that. I I just turn off. I spend time with him. You know, we do things together. We might play basketball or whatever, play the switch or something like that. And I kind of, I think that that's a really good, balance because um personally i feel like in any job i've ever had by about 2:30 i'm kind of ready to tap out anyway like when i'm when i'm thinking really hard and using a lot of my mental capacity every day i feel like i just need to turn off at at sort of late afternoon so um you know if you can do that if you can make it work where you only work for 6 hours a day or something like that I think it's a really good strategy. Um, it is hard when you're freelancing because you've got to keep the, wheel, the wheels turning and you, you've got to, you know, you've got to do outreach and you've got to um, do client work and there's a lot of sort of balls up in the air all at once. But mm-hmm. um, finding balance, I think it's one of the joys of freelancing really, if you can, if you can do it, like I know Tim, you're you're sort of got a pretty good balance happening at the moment too. So if you can make it work, it makes it so much more enjoyable. Like I, on a Monday, I'd like get excited because I'm like, yeah, cool, i get to work on that project today because I've had a good break. My brain's been able to rest. Like I'm not writing copy on the weekends. I'm, I'm kind of just like, you know, I'm hanging out with friends or I'm playing music and stuff and like just kind of switching off to the, the copy world, I guess is probably a good way to put it.
0: So would would you say then it's almost um it's almost important for you to be able to not think about copy ninety percent of your week so that when you do have the chance to actually think about copy, then you you're a bit more refreshed, you're a bit more creative, you've got more more juice in the tank, I suppose.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um I I often I think of an example. Um, I can't remember who the copywriter was, but they started working with um, I think it was John Carlton or Another big name, I can't remember who it was. I'm sorry, but um, they were going to work on this big project for I think it was Mercedes, and they were going to write copy to sell this this brand new Mercedes. And um, you know, this copywriter was fairly fresh, and you know, like, oh, you know, what are we going to do? We're going to go and go down to Mercedes and take this car for a spin, and blah 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 blah. And this big known big name copywriter, I think it was John Carton actually. He's like, no, no, we're going fishing today. Like, (laughs) like engaging that part of the brain where your subconscious is almost like thinking about the angle and like what you already know about the product and just kind of those thoughts are happening in the back of your mind. And I think that's where a lot of really good ideas come from. If you can switch off, you know, maybe you go and play sport or maybe you go and have a hit of golf or whatever it is. Um, and this, this kind of is like anything in life when you've got something you're working on or you maybe you're stressed about it. If you can kind of switch gears and go, you know what, I'm just going to go for a walk or uh, I'm going to go for a ride or I'm going to go and have a beer with someone, whatever it is. Sometimes your best ideas come from that and your best strategies can come from that. So um, yeah, for me, that's just kind of turning off in the afternoon and just refreshing my mind, and um, not thinking about the project I'm working on, uh, and then coming coming to it the next day, being sort of fresh and having new ideas.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something I like to use. Um, I kind of I, I've read a lot about sort of the practice of backgrounding the stuff. So it, it, the more you kind of push it to the back, ironically, the more creative you get with it. So you're influenced by the things you're doing, the things you're seeing. You know, the video games you're playing, the movies you're watching, that kind of stuff. It all starts to feed into. That extra level of creativity you've got, that uh, you know, comes out of you next time you actually sit at the keyboard. Mm. All right. So, here's a big question for you, and this is something you know, if you've got any of these, this would be great to be able to share with the audience. Um, secret weapons and resources, like what, what, what kind of stuff do you uh, do you like to use, or you know, stuff that you'd like to share. I mean, don't give away all of your secrets, of course, but uh, <laughs> you know, just just a, a couple of things that, that you can think the audience might be able to to uh, take a look at and have a have a, a bit more use of.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, well, I think I, I think probably my secret weapon right now is the ability ability to focus entirely on one thing. Um, Tim and I, you know, we were chatting about this, weren't we, like a couple of weeks ago, where it's like this shiny object syndrome where yeah. it's so easy to get distracted in, in the modern world where it's like we've got social media and we've got all these things coming up in our feed all the time and stuff like that the ability to just focus on doing one thing really well has served me uh, a great deal over the last couple of years. So when I was, you know, trying to get really good at copywriting, I was learning from multiple people at sometimes I was reading like two or three books at once. And like, it just, it doesn't work. Like I think for me personally, I'm, if I do one thing at one time, and focus on that one thing and and try and go like deep with that thing. It always seems to work better for me. Like, you know, I, I write better copy. I come up with better ideas. I feel less overwhelmed. Um, So I think that's kind of my secret weapon at the moment is just the ability to switch off to everything else. Um, And, you know, often that might mean just staying off YouTube or like not buying books on Kindle or Maybe just reading the same book twice, things like that. So, um, focus is important. I think the other thing right now is don't be afraid of AI <laughs> because even though, even though like there's probably some negativity towards it as a copywriter, I wouldn't shy away from it. I think it's a very powerful tool. And I've been writing a lot on my blog about it because um, if you can leverage that tool, as a copywriter, I think it's going to be a very powerful asset moving forward.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, uh, you and I have a chat about AI quite often and, you know, we'll probably do a bit of a series on even your podcast at some point. Um, but yeah. Look, I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's naive for those sort of corporate copywriters who kind of, you know, put the blinkers on and they they go, no, 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 it has to be done by the human. It has to be, I think um, uh, like I always say uh, a copywriter plus AI is, you know, worth infinite amounts of dollars really when you think about it over time and um yeah just avoiding that's a a a tough thing fantastic Mm. all right so we've only got a couple of minutes left but uh here's a question for you if you had to turn the clock back right back to when you started all this sort of stuff and you started going digital marketing copywriting that kind of thing what's like the three pieces of advice you would give your yourself as a brand spanking newbie copywriter
1: Oh, great question. <laughs> um, don't sweat over the small things because you'll never get it perfect first go. Even though you might look at that same piece of copy a hundred times and think it's really good, there's always room for improvement and s- someone often who isn't even a copywriter, like a friend or a partner or whatever, they can really help you like just by reading that and giving you suggestions. So first first thing is, yeah, don't sweat the small stuff. Like spend time away from your copy as well. So maybe that's the second thing. So after you feel you've gotten to the stage where your copy is good, spend time away from it. Just leave it, come back the next day, come back two days, whatever. Just spend time not looking at it because you'll often come back with fresh eyes and you're like, mm, that doesn't sound right. Or that intro is not very good. Or, you know, that's too long winded. Um, I could, you know, I could take out half of those words and it would still sound just as good. Um, and always remember that the average person has the reading level. I think it's of a 10 year old or something like that, eight or 10 year old. So don't get fancy with your copy. Um, just just remember that you keep it simple. Like as long as it's readable, sounds good, you know, don't try and be too witty and smart with it all the time. Like it, there's a place for that. You know, there's a place to be funny and, and have fun with copy and stuff like that. But just try and keep it simple. And I think right now I'm noticing more than ever, it's just get to the point. Like, People are so over long webinars and fluff, and like that. Just tell them what you've got. If you've got something cool, like (laughs) just tell them in five minutes. Because I don't know about you, but I I feel like I've got less time than ever. So if you've got something really cool that's going to help people, just tell them, don't stretch it out over 20 emails and all that rubbish because it doesn't work anymore. Just like if you're running at paid ads, send people. To the product, explain it to them simply. Show, show, like, show them how it's going to help their their life, and then just tell them how much it is. Like, you don't have to complicate it and invite people to complex things anymore because people are just uh, short on time, and that's why social media platforms like TikTok and YouTube Shorts are growing at such a rapid rate because people are consuming media so much quicker than ever before. So, um, yeah, they're my hot tips.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, looks like, so thanks so much for being a part of the show today. It's been fantastic to have you on. Um, where can our listeners find more about your brilliant work online? Like, you know, don't be shy, plug away. <laughs>
1: plug away. Okay. Um, I've just started a, a blog recently, um, which is lukekelly.blog. You can check that out. Um, I talk about copywriting tools, uh, currently a lot of AI copywriting tools because it's a you know, a really interesting space Mm -hmm. and um, they can also find the copy and coffee podcast, um, which is not linked to my blog. I should really link that. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. You can look it up on Spotify. Um, And yeah, that's, that's me. And yeah, thanks again, Tim. I really enjoyed coming on the show.
0: All right, word wranglers, we've scribbled our way right to the end of the very first episode of The Right Shift. A massive thank you to my guest today, Luke Kelly. To learn more about Luke and the amazing stuff he's putting out into the world, check out his links and the links he mentioned in the episode show notes. Of course, none of this would be possible without the support of our sponsors. And a special shout out goes to this episode's sponsor, CopywritingRates.com. You can find more information about CopywritingRates.com and their fantastic global freelancer rate survey over at... I mean i've already mentioned it twice before copywritingrates.com and don't forget to follow and subscribe to the right shift on your favorite podcast platform so you won't ever miss an upcoming episode and while you're there if you've enjoyed listening to the right shift today then leave a review on spotify apple podcasts or wherever you've listened to the show it helps more people discover the podcast and join our ever-growing community of phenomenal freelance copywriters but until next time remember you've been listening to the right shift